Hello, my friends. You're on the Insecurity Project with Jamin. Uh, today, uh, back by popular demand, is another live coaching demonstration. And they're rare because in order to have a live coaching demonstration, it requires someone who's willing to be vulnerable enough to have their coaching demonstration recorded. So that's a big deal because it's a pretty vulnerable subject to bear your whole heart and soul. So look, Kelly, uh, you're a real soldier, you're a real trooper for being willing to uh, broadcast this and thank you for your vulnerability. We've done coaching before, so you are very familiar with this process and know how useful it is. And that's probably why you're willing to share it with others. Um, but nevertheless, acknowledge your courage and thank you for being willing to share this conversation. Thanks, Jamin. I appreciate the opportunity. Um, I am excited. Uh, great. A lot of fun. Uh, so, look, let's dive straight into it. What's happening for you that you would like to see some change in? Well, um, I've got this, I guess the only way to describe it is an issue or a problem or a, a block um, that I've come up in my relationship. So, fairly new relationship of about seven months, which is going really, really well, especially considering where I've come from. And um, yeah, suddenly this block appeared that I was not expecting in any way and really, really threw me, um, threw us a bit. And the thing is, I can't physically sleep the entire night in, in the same bed as my boyfriend. I can't sleep. It's, it's crazy. And he'll, he will be gracious enough to get up and leave because he knows how important sleep is to me and how much I sleep. And he'll get up at 3am and as soon as he leaves, I'm conked out like within a minute. And it's just a really wild experience and frustrating. Yeah, yeah, I could imagine. But my goodness, this is going to be fun. Thanks for, thanks for being willing to let us wrote there such a fun case study <laughs> because yeah. like it's fun because clearly it's a pattern yep. Um, yep. clearly it's illogical so therefore very very cleverly designed strategy <laughs> yeah. um, and if it's a cleverly designed strategy then there must be a positive intention to it uh, yep. and if there's a positive intention to it it's probably not going to be that scary to discover it and if we can discover it we can deconstruct it and deconstruct it you can replace it and create a new one um, knowing that you've created this strategy to serve some purpose in the first place. So the coaching conversation uh, creates this safe space to separate behavior from intention, deconstruct stuff and put it back together. So that's going to be fun. Um, you mentioned being frustrated though, and I get that. I know what it's like to be frustrated with my own stuff. Um, but I also <laughs> know that you can't do self-judgment and self-awareness at yeah. the same time. Those two things cancel each other out. So you're welcome to be as frustrated as you like later, <laughs> yeah. um, but it won't be useful for you or I for you to be frustrated now. Um, so are you, is that okay just to let go of the frustration and put on your lab coat, um, get a clipboard out, be a bit more scientific and objective, be curious around what's going on here? Yeah, I would, I would welcome that at this point. <laughs> All right, great. So look, you're obviously a self-aware person. You've made a bunch of incredible change. You mentioned that even to be in this relationship for such a long time is evidence of extraordinary growth because that wasn't always the, the case for you. Um, you know, it was one of the key outcomes that we were coaching around in the first place. So 
I'm fascinated by what you already have thought about or worked through with this process. Just tell me where you're up, get me up to speed with your own processing so I don't um, go over old ground for you. Okay, I've taken uh, probably one and a half steps, I would say. So initially I focused mainly on, or pretty much I put all my focus on my self-rapport with myself, which Mm -hmm. seemed to be the solution prior which the more I think about it, the more I think that's probably why it's not the solution. But anyway, um, so I, I did a lot of, uh, I guess, journaling and, and, and writing and tr- uh, trying to give myself space to speak um, and be heard and mm-hmm. to uh, feel comfortable with this step of moving forward because I acknowledge that it's, it's another big step for me, like, like the initial um, step of letting someone in. So that, that was my initial kind of um, game plan, which I thought was going really well um, mm. until we, you know, went to try it again and it didn't quite work. Um, so then after that, I left it for a while and I came back to it and I just started thinking about where it could come from. And as you mentioned, tried to do the, the judgment without, I mean, without judgment and just awareness and just be curious and open. and my conclusions or what I've come to so far is that as you were talking about, it's definitely a pattern and I feel that it's coming down to my ability to, I can't trust. I don't think I can trust myself with, um, with this um, sustainability of this relationship. So therefore I can't be trusted to get past this step. And I've just been kind of, pondering that for the last couple of days but i haven't done much with it okay so your best guess is it's an issue about trust with myself yes yeah right so it looks like you know because obviously to be asleep beside someone is the most uh, unprotected you could be like that's the most vulnerable you could make yourself mm. um mm. i haven't thought of that well, yeah, I mean, you're defenseless if you're asleep. <laughs> so, so trust, yeah, it makes sense that there's an issue of trust. Um, but your awareness kind of says that the issue is not really about trusting your partner. It's more about trusting yourself. Why isn't it about trusting your partner, do you think? I think it's not about trusting my partner because I feel you can only give to another person what you can give to yourself. Okay, sure. Hmm. So if I don't, you know, truly and deeply appreciate and and love and trust myself, then there's a limit on what I'm able to offer other people. Yeah, sure. Um, To your awareness, is he an axe murderer? No, not as far as I know. (laughs) Okay, cool. That's good. (laughs) I'm just checking, just making sure that you don't have some kind of premonition that, um, <laughs> some bad thing's going to happen. No, no, definitely not. Ooh, sorry, I didn't mean to make light of this, but sometimes <laughs> no, making, light, no. of sometimes no. making <laughs> light of it is, is useful because it just kind of breaks the ice. And if we can keep this lighthearted, obviously yep. frustration is the natural state, but, but frustration is not helping you solve this. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so if we can keep it fun. Cool. So, yeah, you think your best idea is that, yeah, it looks like it's not about trusting him, but it's probably more likely about not trusting yourself. 
So why can't you trust yourself? I'm definitely uh, running, I think, an unhelpful belief that prior relationships are defining my future outcomes and my future relationships. That's, that's what I, I'm thinking um, because sure. the past, you know, couple of relationships I've had that lasted the same amount of time had as, as I keep coming back with this language and expiry date. And it's interesting because no matter how much I try to not use that language, it's really flipping up and coming out a lot. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's kind of um, in a bit of a cycle there. Yeah. Okay. All right. Great. Have you heard me talk about agreements before? Uh-huh. Uh, so it's really useful just to fully deconstruct uh, the exact problem. So when you use language like, you know, the, the, the problem is the past, the patterns of the past show me that there's an expiry date. Um, that's, that's really inaccurate way of understanding what the problem is because it's not, it's not past relationships. Past relationships have no power to create your beliefs or your experience or your expectation at what's, what's coming. Where are all those things actually come from? More specifically. Myself. My, myself, my own beliefs, my, my interpretations of events. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, so obviously life's not made up of the things that happen to us, but the meaning we place on the things that happen to us. Otherwise, all people who'd had a bad relationship once would have a bad yeah. relationship again. Yeah. You know, the pain of being hurt or, or let down or rejected in a relationship would equate to that now, therefore being what your future has, because if we're just a victim of our experience. Well then, then we were powerless to do anything. So it's not the experience. It's your, it's the story you've placed on that experience, how you've, how you've answered the two sense making questions uh, why did this happen and what does it mean about me? Mm-hmm. So that's where agreements get formed. That's where we, we create our future. I, mm-hmm. I think like I love, I love the language of agreements because it just, to me, that is the most ironclad way of creating the next thing that happens by forming an agreement with yourself. Mm. You're, you you will be defined by your yeses and your noes, and mm. a lot a lot of the time those yeses and noes are happening unconsciously, and that's what makes them really powerful. Um, had a conversation with someone just yesterday about the fact that they were having a lot of frustration with their partner about um, the the state of their finances, mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, and it, it all when we when we did some coaching around it, it all came back to an agreement they'd made in their childhood with the role of a husband. So mm-hmm. uh, they'd seen their dad uh, prioritize financial provision as the ultimate way a father and a husband showed love. So the mm-hmm. agreement was that's what a husband does. A husband takes care of all financial needs. Now, she wasn't even really aware that she was making that agreement, but that was the ironclad agreement. So then moves into this marriage, loves her husband dearly, but um, you know, any evidence of lack of financial provision equals a failure as a husband. And mm. not, you know, so there's this bunch of unrest and pain and conflict happening all from this agreement that that's what a husband must do. Um, 
Now, when she's logic, logical and rational about it, she goes, well, no, no, I don't really think that. A husband provides all kinds of ways and money's just one of those ways, but that doesn't matter because the agreement creates the experience. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so you've made some agreements about relationships, about who you are, about what's true, what's happened in those experiences. And while ever those agreements remain intact, they become the predictor of your future. So I made an agreement uh, in my 20s that I would live in Goulburn for the rest of my life. I would die in Goulburn. I would give every last ounce of blood, sweat and tears for Goulburn and one day I'd be the mayor of Goulburn. I made that agreement um, and I'd forgotten about it for like 15 years. And then just, just the start of this year, we made plans to move out of Goulburn and all this interesting stuff came up for me. Um, and I had no idea what it was about until I remembered that in my twenties, I decided that a good person um, would give their life to one place. That's what a good person <laughs> would do. So, you know, and so until I went back and went, that was an agreement. That was a beautiful agreement that served me well in that season, but it's not the agreement that I will use to make sense of my future. So I'd like to make a new agreement with a location. Make, and so, you know, my new agreement is I'm a global citizen. And at the moment I live in Goulburn. Um, and uh that's that's certainly well so you know uh what's coming up for you as i'm talking about agreements specifically the agreements that you may have made in past relationship pain i'm thinking about i don't know if i'm thinking too logically about it thinking the agreements that i've had in the past were almost that because I couldn't make it past a certain amount of time, then I obviously am not good enough to sustain a deep and loving connection with someone else past a certain time. I'm not sure how to reword it or if. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yep. Anything else that is coming up for you in terms of what you may have decided was true about relationships and about yourself and about what was going to happen for you in your future? What was, what is, what is true? I guess. I'm, <laughs> I know this is a good thing, but I, I'm, I'm stuck. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's totally okay. And, uh, you know, I think having done lots of coaching before, the challenge of going, yeah, I know what the real, I know what the answer is supposed to be. Um, but finding the answer that's real for you is the challenge. So uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's fine to explore this. So, but just, just let me hold the space for you by saying uh, that, is, that is the problem that you're solving here now. Your, your current experience says that it is not safe to go to sleep. Yeah. And, and the only reason it's not safe is because you don't trust yourself to remain in that space, that vulnerable space. So yeah. at some point you've decided, made an agreement about what is dangerous. Right. Uh, if you hadn't made that agreement about what is dangerous, well, then logically you know that it's not dangerous to go to sleep 
beside your partner. Logically, you go, no, that's there's nothing dangerous about that. Makes no sense. Yeah. He's telling you, I'm not an axe murderer. I love you. I'm not going to hurt you. It makes no sense to not be capable of it. So everyone logically knows that there's nothing dangerous, but it's some on sub sub some sorry on sub blah 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 on some subconscious level. You've made an agreement about what is dangerous. Yes. It's dangerous because last time that happened and I fell asleep and I felt safe, it turned out it wasn't safe. Oh, really? Because it all crumbled in the end. Yep. Yes. That, yep. Wow. So when you fully surrendered and let go and were present for a relationship, that ended badly for you. Yep. Hmm. Yep. And what meaning did you place on that painful experience? How did you answer the two sense-making sense-making questions? So why? Why when you fully showed up and slept and were present, why did that become unsafe? Because it opened up for the possibility of what happened, which was rejection and yeah, not fulfilling the desire that I wanted, I think. Yeah. Great. So at the moment, uh, if you, if your partner was to reject you, like say he calls you up this afternoon and says, all right, we're done here. It's been fun, but, um, we're finished. Uh, you've somehow insulated yourself from that reality still. Mm, mm, mm -hmm. So obviously it'll be devastating and be painful, but it would not be as painful as if, as if you'd gone to sleep, Yep. totally surrendered. And then he told you. Yep. Cause that would seal my, that would seal the deal and confirm my fears. Yeah. I yeah, absolutely. So it's a yeah. wonderfully kind protection yeah. strategy you're, you're running right now. Um, so you don't have permission to go to sleep yet. You don't have permission to fully show up in that relationship. So you don't. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the problem we're solving right now is one of permission. Mm, okay. So here's, here's a really cool question. What conditions would need to be satisfied for you to have permission to actually show up in this relationship? I would need to have, I would need to be able to trust myself and allow myself to let go of what's happened in the past and, and disconnect the past from what is now. Yeah, maybe that like, uh, that sounded like you guessed the answer. Mm. The cool thing about that question is there's, there's actually a real answer and there's only one answer to it and it's the honest answer and it's not the answer that you give, it's the answer your unconscious gives. So mm. it's like when there's two people, I don't know if you've ever experienced this where you've had a falling out with a friend or you're upset or you're looking for an apology and you're trying to reconcile and they keep, they keep speaking on your behalf 
mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. they they're not actually just, can you just stop and listen? Like I'm quite capable yeah. of telling you exactly why I'm upset and exactly what I'd like to have happen. You don't need to guess and you don't need to speak for me. <laughs> you know, so I think our unconscious gets a bit frustrated uh, to go, well, please, like, can you just listen? Could you just, I, I care about you. I love you. I've set up this strategy to keep you safe. I'm very capable of giving you full permission, but it's got to be safe. Like if you think about your unconscious as your chief safety officer, like at the moment, the safety officers come in and go on, whoa, 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 whoa. What's happening here? You're going to sleep. That's not going to work. I need it. No more putting the kibosh on that. That's, this is a disaster. You're not going to sleep. What are you thinking? Going to sleep. Oh yeah, boy, like <laughs> silly, silly, you know, so it's like blowing a whistle, pulled a halt to operations. Things are not safe. We've got to tidy up this workplace before you can get back to work. Yeah. And, and your unconscious is not a prick by the way. So it's not trying to ruin mm. your life. Just has to be safe. Cannot afford to have a workplace accident. Because <laughs> yeah, if there's another accident, like you may never recover. Yeah. So it's a very kind operation. Is that making sense? Mm-hmm. So there is a clear answer to this question. And you may not, like, feel free to not answer it now. Feel free to not answer it in this session. Feel mm. free to, like, we didn't even set an outcome for this session. I just kind of launched in. Mm-hmm. I apologize for, but perhaps now the outcome for this session is having the right question more than the right answer. Um, mm. or, or maybe you'd like to answer it now, but, but can you see that uh, there's some conditions to be satisfied before you're able to go to sleep? Mm. Yeah. Yes. Like the, the, the notion makes sense. Hmm. but you're not entirely sure what those conditions are. Mm-mm. Um, so I love, I'm doing a lot of talking, please, mm-hmm. please um, nip it in the bud if I've said too much, but just to give you a framework to think about what, where the answer may be, because you know, the tendency is to feel like our problems are complicated, unique. You've heard me say that a thousand times. They never are. Um, Although specifically, you might not know of anyone else who can't sleep next to their partner. This is a type. No. This is a type of problem. So, no. so it's actually you're not special. You know, this is not unique. Uh, everyone has a safety officer. Yeah. Everyone's safety officer requires permission. So, um, yeah. So you. So it's okay. Uh, so in general, one of the things that I observe around the kind of answers that come up for people is around the child to the adult. Yeah. So um, in general terms, the child uh, fills their cup externally. All their six core needs are met outside of themselves because they don't know how to meet them internally, which makes sense. So a child has to get their needs met through things and through people, um, through their external world. And so they've got to play a bunch of games and, and jump through hoops to make sure their world keeps filling their cup. So that's a pretty vulnerable thing to have to have happen as a child. 
but there's no, there's, that's the best plan. That's the best operation operation system for a child. Um, but if, if you're no longer a child and you're still running the child system, that leaves you incredibly vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. like if, if you need uh, your cup to be filled externally, so you'll need for certainty, variety, significance, love and connection, contribution and growth. If you're still outsourcing that as an adult, uh, you are, you're always a poofteenth away from disaster because at any moment your world could decide they don't want to, you know, it's, it's like if you're running a business that has every bit of your operations outsourced to India and then all of a sudden uh, a global pandemic comes and there's no planes flying anywhere and there's no plan B. All of a sudden operations shut down overnight, you're out of the game. So if you outsource all the needs to your world, um, your safe, your safety officer is kind of like, oh my goodness, we are on high alert here. There is mm-hmm. no margins. Everyone has to play perfectly. Everyone has to keep this supply chain happening. So I'm nervous. I'm nervous that this could not work. Um, okay. Does that make sense? So, so yeah. So I the, I need to satisfy the safety condition internally. Yeah, and, and that's right. The patterning around, okay, the adult work is to go, okay, if I can provide my own source of certainty, then yeah. I can bring this in-house. Then it doesn't really matter what anyone else is doing, I still feel certain. And if I can take charge of planning variety into my world, then I don't need chaos or drama or you know other people creating uncertainty for me. And if I can bring significance in-house and validate my own existence then it wouldn't really matter if anyone liked me or not liked me because i like me so that's already taken care of and if i could be the one that loved myself then if someone were to reject me that would be sad for them not sad for me and Mm. you know so that's the people who sleep at night Uh, the people who surrender into relationships like, and, and you're right there. This is an interesting pattern because there's a bunch of people who'll be listening to this going, do you know what? I sleep at night, but there's a bunch of other ways. I've never shown up to my marriage or my relationship. Yeah. I I haven't fully shown up here. I'm, I'm protecting myself. I'm not all in because you know, the same thing they've had bad experiences in the past. They're insulating themselves from the fear of it ending badly. Yeah. So it just looks different, but the same thing will be happening for them. So, but the people who not only sleep at night, but are genuinely present for their partner who genuinely show up with their whole heart and soul, they are the people who've brought all that need meeting in house. Yeah. Because then they're just like, well, I I get to have an interdependent relationship now, not a dependent one. So if you were to leave me, that'd be sad for you. Like, you know, there's 10 other people lining up outside to take your place if you'd like to forfeit it. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that, yeah. Like, that's genuinely the reality for people who have become their own safety. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's not, e- not easy work, but um, obviously that's the work in front of you. Yeah. What's coming up for you as I'm sharing that general example? Just knowing that and it completely clicking into place that I, I need to fulfill and fill my own cup for uh, um, enoughness 
that I need to, yeah, be enough for myself before I can let, before it's safe to let anyone else completely in. I, I need to be able to fulfill that first. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Well, it just, it just positions you with your cup full and then you avoid one of the major relationship challenges, which is two people coming into a relationship, both running external strategies, needing the other person to fulfill their conditions for safety. Yep. You know, two people end up sucking each other dry and then there's a genuine expiry date because now they're both empty and they yep. hate each other. <laughs> so move on to the next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so what if you were to thank your safety officer Firstly, like obviously you're frustrated that you can't sleep, but of course you can't sleep. And that is evidence of beautiful self-love. Um, so, I, you know, I think dialing down the angst mm-hmm. always helps with this self-awareness process. Just to start with a bit of acknowledgement and some gratitude toward yourself. Yeah. Um, you know, just like two people at war, it helps if you actually st- get out of your own head and step into their shoes for a minute and go, oh, look at that. You're not a terrible person. You've you're got some stuff that I've misunderstood. Oh, look at that. And you're trying to do the best you know how to. Oh, look at that. I never knew that about you. Oh, we, we probably want the same thing. You know, we could probably be friends here. Yeah. yeah. Then, then you, you chunk up and find you've got some agreement. Then, then you negotiate as friends rather than get loggerheads as enemies. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and until, and until you've satisfied the conditions, uh, would it be possible to enjoy the current strategy? Yes. <laughs> Cause part like, and, and enjoy is a, is a cheeky word, but <laughs> a really, a really useful one. So I know for myself when I solved the the anxiety problem that I had for a number of years, it wasn't until part of me went, hey, Jamin, you're always bitching and moaning about how much you hate anxiety and how terrible it is. But if that were entirely true, then you would have stopped doing this a long time ago. Part of you loves being anxious. Like you really (laughs) do what really works for you. It solves problems. It gives you a reward. It meets needs. So you love it. So when I went, yeah, you're right, I do love it, then that was a breakthrough because it just dialed down the angst. Uh, it, it helped me laugh at myself and go, well, well, if I love that, I wonder if I could love something even better than that. Um, mm-hmm. So have fun with my anxiety. I enjoy, obviously enjoy it, so I may as well indulge myself and have more of it. Well, if I'm indulging myself and having more anxiety, I probably could indulge myself and have something even better than anxiety. So. Um, you love not going to sleep. You you love that setup. Um, yeah, just you get to have more fun with it and and let go of it when and if you're ready to, mm-hmm. or not. <laughs> Both are options. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so one of the diagnoses that I like to run around problem solving is when you feel frustrated and overwhelmed about a problem that's clean feedback from the world from your unconscious that you haven't actually understood what the problem is 
when you've accurately understood the problem, it feels far less overwhelming. It can still feel difficult, like there's some hard work to do, but you're up, you're up for the challenge. You're like, okay, well, yeah, there's some work to do, but I know what to do next and it's going to be okay. So I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I wanted to check in to feel, you know, to, to get your sense of whether this feels less overwhelming um, and more within your capability to solve now that you've done an accurate diagnosis. Yeah, it feels clearer and more like I can definitely uh, understand it better. Yeah, it's much clearer. Okay. Uh, what else? Like, what would make it? What would what would cause you to leave this conversation with a new sense of hope and vigor around something that previously been causing a bunch of pain and frustration? What's missing from this conversation? Perhaps some a helpful um maybe a question structure that I haven't that I haven't managed to figure out how to word yet to help me kind of move a bit further into that space. Uh yeah, can I, yes, can I give you that, but give you that in the form of a metaphor rather than a logical set of questions? Yep, for sure. Because I think that's worked well for you before. Just what was, it, what was, the, what was the metaphor that you had when we finished the last round of coaching that we reviewed? Do you remember that story? That I was throwing myself into the deep end. Yes, I yeah, do. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the the last coaching session. How's that feel? It feels like I'm in the deep end. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And which is a metaphor for you know drowning and being overwhelmed. So then, what did you change that metaphor to? <laughs> oh, I can't remember now. Something about navigating a a forest from the trees or something, something like that. I'm not sure. The the point was when you change the metaphor, it changed your experience of it. And you're like, ah, oh, it's I'm I'm okay with it. Sure, there's some challenges, but yeah. I've got what I need. Yeah. Uh, so what if what if all that you had to do was download and update the uh a software upgrade so like are you an iphone kind of girl no android uh okay i don't know what to say now (laughs) no i'm sure android have have upgrades just like iphone um so but imagine like you had the first edition of samsung's um touchscreen phone and you'd never updated the operating system on it Mm. and then you're trying to download apps developed in 2020 yeah okay there'd be there'd be some problems yeah okay and the problem wouldn't be with the app and it wouldn't be with the phone the problem would be with the operating system Mm -hmm. um so what if what if you look at it like that? So there's nothing actually broken here. Yeah. It's just yeah. just haven't updated the system. So of course it's not working. So you're trying to run adult relationship app <laughs> on an old operating system. 100%, yeah. <laughs> and going, man, why is this stupid thing not working? So frustrating. <laughs> there's this glitch, this glitch that happens every time I close my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was very clever. Yeah. <laughs> um, and if you can see it like that, you're like, oh, well, of course there's a glitch. I've just haven't updated the system. 
So then you go, okay, well then the work here is to upgrade the system. And guess what? Guess who developed the first operating system? I did. You did. So you know how to do operating systems. Like you're well-versed at them. You set up the first one to make sense of what it was like navigating, you know, childhood and teenage years. Yeah. Okay. So uh, you'll be okay. Now there's some new challenges and new complexity. And so you just build an app, sorry, build an operating system that can work here. And, and the even better news is like, you're not the first person to run uh, adult relationship, the adult relationship app. That's an app that's been out for a long time mm-hmm. and had lots of iterations. And so uh, it's a really cool app and works well as long as there's an upper operating system that's congruent with it. You know, mm-hmm. So you mm-hmm. probably don't even have to recreate the wheel. You probably don't even have to look too far just to get an idea of uh, what would need to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're that's a smart, great. you're a smart operator. Like, all kinds of interesting things that you can do, you know? <laughs> so again, there's nothing broken. There's nothing missing. There's just, it's just like on your phone. If you've just gone, ah, oh, I couldn't be bothered updating that. It's, it's too, it takes too long. Cool. No worries. But eventually that's going to hurt you. Eventually you're going to have some glitches in the apps because you haven't taken the time to upgrade it. So yeah, just, that's fine. So go get some good internet and take some time out and update the system and you'll be fine. This thing will be running smooth in no time. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, How does that feel? Yeah, definitely something that I'm ready to take and and do. Okay. Yeah, cool. It, it feels like that made it like that, that now feels less overwhelming. Like, okay, cool. I could do that. Yeah. The state seemed to have changed. Um, and you, it felt to me like you even got out of your head a bit about what was rational and logical and what you should do, what you need to yeah. make sense. It just kind of felt it. I went, I get what this, I get it. I get it now. I get it. Yeah. It's all going to be okay. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly where the journey I've been on <laughs> in the past hour or whatever right. it has been. Yeah, nice. Uh, okay. Anything else that would make this conversation complete? No, that's good. At a good spot. Thank you. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Uh, and I'd, yeah, I'd love to hear. Well, well, no, I, I don't want to hold you accountable because that's about, that's a dirty word in my books. Um, <laughs> but I would love to hear what happens next. I would love, and I, I'm sure listeners would hear, would love to hear what happens next. So, um, anything you learn or discover along the way. And if you work at how to fix this glitch or you more, sorry, if you, if you update the system, then notice there's no glitch and that's the evidence that you've done the work. Um, would you mind sharing that? I'd love to. Hmm. All right. Great. I'm excited. <laughs> All right. Very cool. Let's leave it there. And uh, yeah, thanks again. All right. Thank you.